So several years ago, when my children were younger and we were homeschooling, we took a trip to the East Coast, sort of a uh, revolutionary tour project kind of thing. And one of our stops was at uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and we witnessed there the reenactment of many of the events that took place there. And uh, they had, you know, everyone dressed up in their in their uh, colonial era garb, and it was it was fascinating. If you've never done that, never made that trip, I highly recommend it to you. Well, one of the actors, one of the characters that I had the chance to speak to was Patrick Henry as he was walking around after one of their performances, and uh, I struck up a conversation with him about uh, the uh, the government and the founding fathers and their plans for the government, and we had a, a nice little political interaction and he threw in almost uh in passing as he ended the conversation and walked away and he said uh, looked at me and said and god help us if we ever start paying our politicians and i thought isn't that a fascinating um shift of mindset from where we are today we're going to talk about that and uh, and what Solomon has to tell us from Ecclesiastes about rulers. So uh, that's our plan for the day. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Jenny. Welcome, Keith. Good morning on this bright, sunny morning in Chesterfield, Missouri, he says. Yes, it's uh, it's a little cooler, but it's supposed to be about 65 here in Colorado Springs today. Uh, I believe we had a day back in uh, last week. It was in the teens, and today we're in the mid-60s. So it is a, it's a lovely day. Welcome, everybody else. If you are new with us, uh, my name is Doug, and uh, we gather here on Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, and we study the Bible. Uh, we want to be renewed in our minds, and we want the Word of God to permeate our thinking so that we can evaluate the world accurately and so that we can uh, live faithfully to Jesus Christ. So that's why we're here. Uh, glad you have joined us. Hope you all had a, a wonderful weekend. Good morning, Carol. Hope you uh, had a great uh, good. Uh, I kept calling it Good Friday on Friday, my wife told me. Uh, remember we had the technical glitch and uh, I guess I was distracted and was thinking Black Friday, but apparently I kept calling it Good Friday. Anyway, hope you had a good Black Friday, a great weekend, a great Lord's Day. And here we are Monday morning and we are going to study. But before we do, you know what we have to do. We have to remind ourselves, today's a good day. It's Monday. That means it's a good day. It's a good day to work. It's a good day to study. It's a good day to get some things done. It's a good day to enjoy family, whatever. But today is a good day. And to remind ourselves of that, I'm going to say my part and then you say your part. And if you have a cup of coffee, you can join me in our sanctified sip as we uh, taste and see the Lord's goodness. So ready? Here we go. This is the day the Lord has made. I think I may have heard a couple of you, Carol. I think I heard you, Keith. I think I heard you. You said we will rejoice and be glad in it, I'm sure. Let's drink together and celebrate. Ah, that is good stuff right there. Very good stuff. Okay, so so Patrick Henry made that comment to me uh, that God help us if we ever pay our politicians. And of course, what is he saying there? There is a temptation to those in power uh, to use that power to manipulate. Um, Jenny, say it's going, Jenny says it's going to be a great day in a week. Yes, it is, because the Lord Jesus Christ is our king. Um, the politicians, kings, rulers, they have the temptation to use their power for their own benefit. 
And we would love to think that everyone in those positions are uh, ruling for the, for the sake of their uh, constituency, right? For, the, for those in their kingdom, for those under their rule, and so on. Uh, good morning, Mujo. Is that how you say your name? Picklin? <laughs> um, we would love to think that. Oh, Nate Walker. Hey, we need to talk. Uh, all right, I'll come back to that. Um, we would love to think and believe that our rulers use all of this, uh, all of their power for good. But of course, we know that's not always true. So there's a temptation for them to pad their own wallets. There's a temptation for them to grow lazy and to be more concerned with uh, leisure and pleasure and whatever makes them happy rather than ruling well. Um, and Solomon's going to deal with this. So this is not a 21st century problem. This goes way back. So let's let's take a look at what he says here. Uh, we're in chapter 10 of Ecclesiastes, verse 16, and Solomon says, Woe to you, O land, whose king is a lad and whose princes feast in the morning. He pronounces a curse. This word woe, you see, see verse 17 starts with blessed. So woe, verse 16, blessed are you, verse 17. So let me just interject real quick. Uh, for the Old Testament prophets and prophecies, uh, there were two types of oracles from prophets. There was the oracle of woe, which was a pronouncement of a curse. And you see this over and over again in, in Isaiah chapter 6, the famous uh, place where Isaiah is, uh, he sees the vision of the Lord on the throne. Uh, and, and after he sees the Lord there, he pronounces a curse on himself. Woe to me. I'm undone, he says. I'm a, a man of unclean lips. Well, that's this declaration of a curse. And then there was what's called an oracle of weal, an oracle of blessing, where the prophet would say, blessed are those uh, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for instance. That's what Jesus was doing on the Sermon on the Mount, as he, pronoun he pronounces as a prophet this oracle of blessing. Well, here Solomon gives us both. Woe to you, O land. And then verse 17, blessed are you. So take a look at the pronouncement of the curse. Woe to you, O land, whose king is a lad and whose princes feast in the morning. The blessing is for those who have different kinds of leaders. Blessed are you, O land, whose king is of nobility and whose princes eat at the appropriate time for strength and not for drunkenness. So if you are a land whose leaders, whose, whose rulers, um, are childish, they could literally be a lad, as he says, it could be a, a, a child, um, then that's that's a curse upon the land. Uh, where the princes, they feast in the morning, they party all the time. They have all this power, they have all this wealth, and they get up in the morning, and the first thing they think of is pass the wine, pass the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> uh, this is a time to simply eat and indulge, when in the morning they should be working. They should wake up and think, how do I best bless my people? What decisions need to be made to rule well? How do I strengthen my kingdom? Uh, what enemies are there to fight? What borders are there to strengthen? Uh, what army needs to be raised up? 
Uh, all of those kinds of things. That's what rulers should do. They should get up in the morning and say, I have a task. I need to do what I can do to benefit the people under my charge. But kids don't think that way. Kids get up and think, it's party time. This is a new day to party. Uh, let's watch TV. Let's get on the internet. Let's eat sugar cereal and all those kinds of things, right? Woe to you when you have rulers who indulge themselves, who pad their own bank accounts, who get up in the morning thinking, how can I build my kingdom? And when you read the founding fathers of America and you read the documents of uh, their skepticism, our constitution and our government was established with a skepticism about kings and rulers, right? They'd come out of tyranny and they fought hard to, to defeat the tyrant. And they wanted to create this new world where there was freedom and where the government had very little intrusion into the lives of people. They wanted liberty. Patrick Henry, his famous line, give me liberty or give me death. Oh, how far we have come from that where now we pay our congressmen and women and our presidents a huge salary and they tax us like crazy and they're constantly increasing their tax, the taxes on the people. Uh, they're printing money. Uh, it was a bad decision when they took over control of the treasury and the ability to print money. It's just mind boggling now to hear our president and our congressmen and women uh, talk about inflation as though this were some surprise. It's not a surprise. Anybody who knows anything about economics, and even if you don't know economics, just think about it for a moment. When they start printing money like they did last year with all the stimulus packages, and they've been doing it for a long time, and you flood uh, the, the supply of money is out there, then the, the prices can only go one direction. That's up. And what are they going to do to try to defeat inflation? Probably going to tax us more. Uh, think about the decisions that were made generations ago. Uh, when we were children, when some of you were, uh, well, years ago, the decisions that were made years ago are impacting us today. And the decisions that our government makes today will impact our children and grandchildren. And who do we have to blame for that? You know, it's one thing like in Solomon's day when the king becomes king because he's the son of the previous king, or another ruler comes in and, and takes over. But in our day, we elect our leaders. Who's to blame for the decisions, for the, for the politicians that are in office and were in office 20 years ago and 40 years ago and 60 years ago? The people. But think about what the government does. Uh, think about the, the, uh, the public school system. It sounds good on paper. It sounds good to have public education. And I would say, to be fair, there has been benefit to public education. There are children who had no opportunity in their own homes. They did not have the opportunity uh, years and years ago to receive basic uh, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic kind of things. They, did, they weren't going to be taught that. 
except for the fact that there is a public school where we're all taxed and we contribute to it and the the children can go to school and be taught those things. There has been benefit. I have no doubt that some of the progress we have made in um, in our, uh, our financial situation here in the U.S. and, and progress and in industry and so on is a direct result of public education. But what's the long-term temptation? Well, if the government is in control of education and leaders gravitate toward wanting to keep that control, then... The temptation there is for them to use the public education system to move people in the direction they want. And right now, if you look into it, teachers' unions have a stranglehold on the education and the, uh, the way our schools operate. It's a fact. Someone has said that uh, we would turn this nation upside down in a good way by simply eliminating the teachers' unions. And again, I want to say this is not to disparage any of you who may be public school teachers. If you are a Christian, if you have a solid Christian biblical worldview and you are a teacher, thank the Lord for you. Stay, stay your post if you can and not compromise your principles. I would love to see our school systems filled with Christians. But we have to recognize the fact that the system itself is set up for great temptation for the government, for those in power. And Solomon here pronounces a curse upon a nation uh, whose government is uh, childish and self-seeking and indulgent and who uses money for big parties and feasting. And we have seen that for generations here in the U.S. The blessing is on those whose king is noble. Kings are noble and the princes, uh, he says here, eat at the appropriate time for strength and not for drunkenness. Uh, they don't use their money and power to simply have a good time, but they they use the, the resources for, for strength, in this case, literally eating, to have strength to rule well. Then he uses an illustration uh, for that that will, uh, that will also kind of hit us all where we live. Uh, good morning, Curtis. Glad you could join us. He says, through indolence, the rafters sag, and through slackness, the house leaks. See that? Through indolence, the rafters sag, and through slackness, the house leaks. Now, it's a common illustration for all of us. How many problems are created in your household because you are negligent and lazy and don't take care of basic upkeep? We, we all know it's true. Uh, the oil needs to be changed in your car and you think, oh, I'll get around to that later, but today I'd rather watch some football <laughs> or uh, I'd rather uh, whatever, whatever your hobbies are, right? We, we, we indulge those things and we neglect these basic upkeep of things. And what happens if you don't change the oil and you go long enough period of time, you don't change the oil, you burn your engine up and that which would have cost you 30, 40 bucks now costs you several thousand dollars because you burned up the engine. If you don't take care of your house, if you don't take care of the things, you you uh, bust a tile in your tub or shower and you need to fix it, you need to fix it, you need to fix it. The caulking is uh, leaky and you need to fix it. And then over time, water seeps in there and mold. And instead of just replacing the caulk or replacing the tile, now you've got to rip it all out and replace the drywall. And, and who knows what other kind of damage has been done. Maybe it's been leaking down now if you're 
your showers up in the upper level is leaking down and there's all kinds of work, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars uh, and lots of time, which all of that could have been prevented if you just taken care of the, uh, the basic, the tile, the caulking for uh, a little bit of time and a little bit of money. We're all guilty of that. And sometimes we pay a significant price for that. What happens when the government does that? What happens when the government does not take care of the basic upkeep of the nation? Well, they have to raise more money as more and bigger problems have developed. And they, they, we find the whole nation weak because the government has failed to do that. Uh, Matthew Henry lived in the uh, late 1600s, early 1700s before the... Uh, he was an Englishman. This was before the Revolutionary War. So he would have been on the other side in some sense, right? Um, but he wrote a commentary on the whole Bible. And I have found it to be very helpful. He's a, he was a very practical thinker, very godly man. And he wrote this in his commentary on this passage that we're looking at. I came across this years ago and I thought, isn't this interesting what he has to say? So let me, let me show you what he wrote. He says here, If the king be a child... And will take no care. If the princes eat in the morning and will take no pains, the affairs of the nation suffer loss. Now remember, this is hundreds of years ago. This is before uh, the Revolutionary War. This is this is before our modern day government. He says the affairs of the nation suffer loss, and its interests are prejudiced. Its honor is sullied. It is stained and. Uh, damaged, its power is weakened, its borders are encroached upon, the course of justice is obstructed, the treasure is exhausted, and all its foundations are out of course. And all this through the slothfulness of self-seeking of those that should be the repairers of its breaches and the restorers of paths to dwell in. And then he refers to Isaiah 58, 12. That was way before the United States of America and our current situation. But it's pretty common. He foresaw that then. Solomon foresaw it years ago, uh, thousands of years ago. This is what happened when rulers are like that. Oh, we're getting our daily interruptions. My wife's leaving for work. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) Do we have any yeah. rafters that need to be fixed or shower tiles? Don't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> you might come up. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I love you. Have a, love you. have a good day. This There's nothing new under the sun, Solomon said. Right? We've already seen that. And it happened in his day. It happened in Pat, Mat, uh, Matthew Henry's day. Huh. Just caught that. Matthew Henry and Patrick Henry. I wonder if they're related. And it happens in our day when we have nations of childish, power-hungry, self-seeking, self-indulgent leaders. There's all kinds of weakness. Uh, I I just couldn't help but notice the, the border idea. In Matthew Henry's day, it made perfect sense that a nation would protect its borders. A nation is largely defined by its borders. It's a biblical concept. Uh, Paul said this in Acts 17. God decides where the ends, where the borders of a nation are. And, uh, and you know, there's the left has, has couched this whole thing in terms of immigration 
And uh, the U.S. has always been a nation that allowed migrants um, or migration, but it needs to be done legally. That's just right and true. And to uh, couch that in terms of prejudice and racism and all that is is just a red herring. It's a it's a political manipulation. Uh, and and we have to have strong borders and divide defend our our borders as a nation. Now, what the Christian the, this is not the church's job, but it is the king's job, and it's simply implied here in in Solomon's day in the Word of God. And, and Matthew Henry comments on it. Um, but we should not be surprised to have a nation whose leaders are childish and self indulgent. But again, in a, in a democracy, who do we have to blame? Ourselves. We're the ones who vote these people in. Oh man, I could go off. We need to pay more attention at every level. Every time election day comes around, we need to pay attention. We need to know who we're voting for, for school board, for planning commissioners and city council, mayors, all the way up the line to the state level and the federal level. And we as the people are lazy and negligent and we just we, we give in to the popularity contests or we just go down the party line or whatever. And we need to remember the people we are electing to office are going to be making the laws that affect us and our children and our grandchildren and our churches and the gospel. It's a big deal. And it's, it seems overwhelming, uh, but it starts just at the local level. Uh, anyway, uh, I will I'll leave that soapbox, but oh man, do we, uh, do we need to, as, as Christians, need to be better informed and better voters? All right, back to Ecclesiastes here. Verse 19, he says, men prepare a meal for enjoyment and wine makes life merry and money is the answer to everything. I think he's still talking about uh, pol- politicians, but but it's probably broader than that. Uh, there is a place for enjoying meal. He's been saying that over and over again in this book. There's a time for feasting. I hope on Thursday you feasted. That's a great time for it. And there's a time uh, to drink wine. The scripture says over and over again that wine makes the heart glad here he says it makes life merry. Uh, too much wine is sin, but a little bit of wine, it's, it's good. It's, it's God-given. This phrase, money is the answer to everything. Now, that's fascinating. We want that to be sarcastic. We want that to, to be uh, a rebuke, but I don't think it is. It's in the context of, of food and wine, which are good things, he says. I think money is a good thing. Love of money is not a good thing. He's already talked about that. Paul brings that forward in the New Testament and says, it's the root of all evils, but money itself is a good thing. If you have wealth, you can be a tremendous blessing to others and you can enjoy it yourself and you can build the kingdom of God with it. Uh, how many problems can be solved? You know, the famous song, money can't buy me love. And, and we, we talk about that and we tend to look at money as Christians. We tend to look at it only as an evil thing. It's not inherently evil. Greed is evil. Uh, Acquisitiveness is evil. Just wanting to store up wealth for the sake of having more, that's evil. But money itself is just a tool. And tools are useful if used well. And Solomon says here, a wealthy nation, a wealthy individual can do a lot of good. If you have been blessed with wealth, and, and really we all have here in the West, but some of you have great wealth. 
if you have great wealth, you can use it as a tool for much, much good. And that's a good thing. And if the government is, uh, the U.S. has prospered, and some of that is due to good management by past governments, but it just continues to decline, it seems. But if we turn this around and be a, a great prospering nation, we could do a great deal of good in the world. Finally, comes back with this admonition, verse 20. Furthermore, in your bedchamber, do not curse a king. And in your sleeping rooms, do not curse a rich man. For a bird of the heavens will carry the sound and the winged creature will make the matter known. See what he's saying there? Uh, be careful what you say about the government. Be careful of what you say about those who are of power and influence. It might get back to them and they can do some serious damage. In our day, I would say, be careful what you say on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. The internet is forever. Uh, be careful what uh, online teaching you do on YouTube. <laughs> you realize, I don't know, probably most of you are not uh, YouTubers. I've learned all of this recently as I've prepared to do these, uh, these lessons. Uh, YouTube examines every word. They have... Uh, computers basically that will scour every word I'm saying on this. They will hear everything I'm saying about everything. And depending on what I say about the government, uh, because of their uh, censorship and their devotion to, uh, to progressive politics, uh, YouTube will censor me if I say things they don't like. Social media, everything you've put on Facebook, you repost or you write your own posts criticizing those in power, it could come back to hurt you. And, you know, how much good are we doing to post things uh, that are damaging? Well, again, I'm not saying we give in and be quiet. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying we need to be wise. Remember, wise as serpents. Solomon has already taught this. Jesus taught this. Be wise as serpents when it comes to the government and those in power. There's a place to stand and fight. Give me liberty or give me death. There's a place to stand for conviction. But we must not be foolish about it. Because what we say will get back to those in power. And they have the power to shut us down or to make our life more miserable. So determining when and how to take a stand, that takes great wisdom. Uh, and when we have politicians who are after padding their own wallets and building their own kingdoms, uh, it can go back to hurt us. And ultimately, that uh, can weigh in on the gospel and the and expansion of the kingdom. So we just need to be careful about all this and, and talk wisely, as Solomon says. All right, do you have thoughts? Do you have... Uh you have comments, uh, questions on here. Curtis says, everything under the sun. I didn't see that earlier, so I'm not sure what, that, uh, what that's referring to. But what, uh, what, do you, what do you think in response to this? Any, any, um, any questions come to mind? Anything you want to throw out before we, uh, before we wrap it up for the day? Uh, while I'm giving you a chance to do that, let me say, uh, Nate Walker, um, let me know if you have uh, the, the time to, uh, to chat. Maybe we can uh, chat after we get done here. Um, this is hard stuff in our day. This is hard stuff with, it just seems like, uh, our leaders, and this is a generalization. There are exceptions, but we have elected leaders who seem to be primarily concerned with building their own kingdoms 
with uh, keeping themselves in power. Uh, they, they don't appear to have our best interest in mind. Now, they say they do, and that's where we're foolish to simply take them at their word. Uh, when they have such financial and, uh, and power gains to be had with the laws they pass, but they tell us they're doing it for the public good, we are foolish to not follow the money and at least consider the fact that they may have um, ulterior motives. And we as, as Christians need to be wise in, uh, in who we vote into power and the laws and be aware of the laws they're passing and so on. All right, well, I'm not seeing anybody write anything. And uh, I know that uh, my wife says, you know, you don't give us enough time all the time. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, but I am keeping an eye on the clock and realizing we're probably ready to get on to other things. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll be right back here tomorrow, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And we will continue to learn from wise King Solomon. Until then, have a great Monday and grace and peace to you.